Deep in the recesses of the Old Testament lies the story of Ruth. One scholar said, it's the most beautiful short story ever written. But how can a 3,000 year old book be relevant today? Ruth speaks into our cultural confusion surrounding gender and our increasing ethnic divide. It's an improbable and compelling love story, but ultimately, Ruth is a story of redemption. How God's sovereign grace redeems his people in and even through their suffering. Ruth reminds us that God still redeems people who are once far from him. His sovereign grace still redeems our suffering for our good and his glory. Welcome back to Post-Sermon Reflections. I am so excited to be back for another week. This is Ruth from Fellowship Crosspoint. Uh, again, I have the privilege of working on staff in children's ministry and outreach, and I am here with the Phyllis Wallen, and I am so excited for you guys to get to hear her perspective and her story. She's been such a huge impact on my life, um, a spiritual grandmother, in a sense, in this new season of me functioning in ministry. Uh, she has over 40 years of experience uh, serving in ministry, serving Jesus, loving him faithfully. And I just, um, I want you guys to hear from her, a little bit of her story. And then we're going to talk um, about chapter two of Ruth. And we're excited to dive in to the context of finding favor. And so I'm going to hand it over to Phyllis. Hello. I'm glad to be here today. Thank you for inviting me. Well, I did was in ministry for 40 years with my husband. He was a pastor for off and on for 40 years, and I was his wife. We had three daughters, and they gave us 11 grandchildren. So the I best. had the best blessing of a large family. Yeah, she also raised puppies. She won't tell you that, but that is my favorite fact about her is that she— raise puppies. And I think that's amazing. And I'm not a dog person. <laughs> to raise puppies and to not like dogs is absolutely amazing. Um, and so Phyllis, thank you so much again for being here. And I want to hop right in. Um, Pastor Brennan really gave an awesome sermon, super encouraging of the grace and love and redemption of God. And so I just want to hear off off the top, what are some of your takeaways from from this sermon? I'm always so blessed and blown away by the grace of God. And this is a very good example, this story, because Ruth was a Moabitess. She was from a country that worshipped idols, was not a country that was on God's A-list, I guess you could say. But she found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And uh, God reached down and uh, was gracious to her in bringing her to Israel where she came to know the God of the Bible. That is a wonderful story. Yeah, and and we talked previously before this as we were thinking through some of our thoughts um, that God makes his way towards people and that people who are enemies of God become brought near. Mm -hmm. And we see that really clearly in the story of Ruth. And you were mentioning even some of the laws. So can you go a little bit into some of the laws that would have made us even question, wow, why, why is Ruth being welcomed into the fold, into the lineage of Christ? Mm -hmm. Well, yes, in Deuteronomy, uh, in part of the law, one of the laws that God impressed on his people was do not allow any Moabite to go into the tabernacle, even down to the 10th generation, because they were enemies of Israel. They had tried to uh, wage war against them. They hated God and his, his people. So 
God was very strict and said, do not allow the Moabite people to come into my presence, into my tabernacle. So the fact that he reached down and graced Ruth by allowing her to become friends with Naomi, be part of her family, and then, um, you know, come to Israel and, and learn to worship Israel's God, that's just very gracious of God to do that. Yeah, it is really gracious of God. And this sermon highlights some of the the Moabite past and the Moabite dirty laundry, the things that we like to keep in the closet. And I think what's important about that is there's things that all of us have shame about. Some of it's shame from our own decisions, but some of it is shame from others' decisions. And Ruth is an example of someone who is carrying shame of a generation separate from her. Mm-hmm. And so there was incest um, that led to the the Moabite people being birthed. And the, the term Moabite, as Pastor Brent talks about, means who is your daddy? And in that, she carries that history everywhere she goes. And in this story, the narrator highlights over and over and over again that history and that, that challenging, shameful history. And it just reminded me for anyone listening or anyone who was able to sit in the sit in the service that God really does redeem mm-hmm. all things, decisions made by us and decisions that we were affected by. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had the privilege of sitting with women who were alcoholics as well as women who are children affected by parents who are alcoholics. And they carry different kinds of challenges and shame because it may not have been their decisions that have led to some of their challenge and trauma and pain, but the decisions of others. And so what is one way you would encourage someone who is struggling with maybe their own shame as well as maybe some family shame of, wow, people before me made some decisions that I'm affected by and I'm like really struggling to experience God's grace? Well, you know, we need to constantly preach to ourselves, go back to the Word and and see what God says about us. Um, he doesn't hold us responsible for what our parents do. He holds us responsible for what we do. And we have a choice to either believe God or not to believe God. When God says in His Word that we are chosen and precious to Him, that's a very, that's a great comfort to me, even though I may have done things that were not acceptable to God's standard, yet because of the death of Christ on the cross, um, I am accepted in Christ um, I because I trust him to take care of my sin problem, and he closed me in his own righteousness, so I am acceptable to God. I can come boldly into his throne room and, yeah. and so you know— he, he accepts, accepts me. I'm chosen and precious to him. And I need to keep pro- practicing or preaching that to myself because, you know, you constantly forget. Yeah. Yeah. And those statements of identity mm-hmm. that say, well, what does it mean to be rooted in Christ? What does it mean to have my treasure in heaven? Mm-hmm. And what does it mean to be holy, chosen, a royal priesthood? Um, my, my dad is a very funny man, but my dad has this perspective that has really shaped um, the way that I see the world and he'll he'll when good things happen to him he'll always say that he's the son of the king but my father believes in everything that he's the son of the king which he is mm-hmm. because he's beloved by God he's he's accepted Jesus's forgiveness for his sins and so he's an adopted son but he has this air about him that says like no like I'm the son of the king mm-hmm. and I don't naturally feel that way and but I'm my dad's a uh, awesome brazenness to mm-hmm. say no like I'm the son of the king, and I I, I receive blessings in that. And even in tribulation, 
I can still receive blessings because I'm the son of the king. And he'll, he always reminds me of a, of a heavenly perspective of he'll text us and he'll say, love your epop, my earthly father. So he's always reminding me that I have a heavenly father and that I have an earthly father. And so I just think of his attitude towards his belovedness of God and, and being chosen and being his mm-hmm. and his attitude of saying, I recognize my place, that you have a heavenly father who's looking out for you. And I'm just the earthly father who's here to hopefully point you to him and hopefully show you him. And it just reminds me of, of those identity statements of what does it look like for us to recognize we once were Moabites, right. but now we're called his, his nation, his people. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a sweet place to be. A place that says, man, regardless of what happens, I'm yours. Absolutely. Um, and we were chatting a little bit about um, the, the voices, the voices of shame mm-hmm. that come. And for you, I just wanted to ask, what are some of those voices or what do those voices say when, when Satan's really attacking your identity or attacking uh, maybe the parts of you that, that draw you to Christ? Well, I often think that I'm I'm just a nobody. I'm just I'm nobody special. <clears throat> um, I'm just the son of uh, the daughter of a farmer girl, and you know I just like why would God rescue me? What what difference does it make? But you know, those are all things that we need to grapple with. We re- we need to believe God when He says that He loved us. And his son died for us, for me. And and I, not a couple of years ago, I saw this verse in one of the Psalms uh, that said that God is up high, but he stoops to the lowly. And that really meant a lot to me that, you know, it doesn't matter how low I am, God stoops to my my position. And, and isn't it, it also uh, reminds me of how low Jesus was. When he came, he did not go to the yeah. rich and worldly people. He came as a humble baby, yeah. born in a barn, in a stable, um, and he, he loved sinners. Yeah. And so that's an encouragement to me. Yeah. That I don't have to be anybody special. Yeah. Uh, that our good deeds don't get us any closer right. to being loved by him. I think um, I, I was telling you, I had some funny conversations with different people on an airplane yesterday about Jesus. And uh, one of one of the guys I was talking to just talked about that we're just trying to be the best versions of ourselves. And what a scam. I what know. a scam. Because we're not. There's nothing good that I have to offer. It's only by the grace of God lived out mm-hmm. that I can walk in any aspect of faithfulness, godliness, even hopefulness, um, that all the good things that come for me are good gifts from my Heavenly Father. And I think that's helpful to be reminded of. There is nothing good in me apart from you. Right. Nothing. And so when we're feeling high and mighty or we're feeling impressive, we can be reminded of that truth. But also when we're feeling beat up, we can be reminded the fact that there's no good in us means that God so radically loved us that he instilled and infused goodness into our life and we can rejoice and we can praise him for that. Um, and so there was a ton of analogies given. One was, um, the, the first one was about the baseball guy and the baseball guy and just being harassed 
by the Yankees yelling, who's your daddy, to him. And the other one that I thought was really interesting was looking at the whole story of Ruth that was talking about, um, we we think we want, we think life can be like Nebraska highways. We want to be able to see everything clearly, but that's not how our life is. Mm-hmm. It's often like very foggy roads with switchbacks where we can really only see what's in front of us and it's very scary. What are some moments where you were walking through some challenges and it was really foggy, but, but you were able to see eventually that God was walking with you and showing you, man, I've been with you the whole time. I've always been able to see the whole story of how I'm loving my daughter, Phyllis. Well, I, I keep telling people that the advantage to living a long life is that you have a lot of years to look back on to see how faithful God has been through the whole your whole life. And I like to think of God as writing my story. My story is part of the bigger story, his story. But he is writing my story. Well, he's not He's not writing it. He has written it. And everything that's happening yeah. to me is what he has ordained for me. And yes, I can look back and see God's faithfulness to me in every situation. I mean, the big things like losing a baby, losing my husband, as well as the little things. And, you know, trying to raise my children yeah. in the fear of the Lord and yeah. and every little struggle along the way, I could see that he was there with me. Mm-hmm. He promises never to leave us or forsake us. And, you know, even in when you're in the valley of the shadow of death, just be assured that he is there with you and he cares and he's going to see you through. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That he never leaves us. I think. Yeah, there's there's such beauty in that simplicity. Definitely. Um, that, that we can't run mm-hmm. too fast or too far from him. And we also can't hide. Talks about that in Psalm 139. Right. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? And there's moments we want to because of shame, because of challenge. But even in that, Christ is still seeking us out, drawing us out. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, after listening to the sermon, what is one way you want to apply the truth of God's word and walk in faithfulness on a Monday? Well, I think it's quite a challenge to try to silence those voices of doubt that come up all yeah. the time. And, uh, but believing God when he says that, you know, or when he extends grace, believing him. And, you know, isn't that what all he requires of us really is belief? And I often go to him and say, I do believe, but help my unbelief, yeah. like the man in, in the Bible who came to Jesus. Um, yeah. Yeah, because even faith is a gift from him. Mm. Uh, and apart from him, we can do nothing. We need him every moment of every day, and uh, we need his, yeah. his gift of grace and faith in our lives to make it through Monday morning. <laughs> yes. Yes. To make it through Monday morning. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. And I, I, just to piggyback off of this, I think in silencing those voices, there's nothing that helps me remember who I am, like worshiping Jesus for who he is. Mm-hmm. Of in worship, I can rightfully see myself as someone beloved and cared for and given the ability to bestow awe and excitement and joy for the great grace that was given to me and also just the life that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, the the joy of getting to wake up every day and getting to to love the people around me, getting to experiencing challenges and trials so that I'd be made more like Christ. Like all of those things I get to be thankful for. 
I get to be encouraged by. And not immediately, obviously. Uh, our trials and our temptations and our challenges, they often are grinding out the goodness. That grinding doesn't feel very good. Yeah. But in the end, we're grateful for the, for the product. Mm-hmm. We're grateful for more faith. We're grateful for a perseverance. We're grateful for a, a long-suffering heart that says, "I wanna, I wanna continue. I wanna, I wanna live with forty years of ministry faithfulness under my belt. Eventually, I want the the blessing of saying, no, like Jesus has been faithful to me, and He's allowed me to be faithful to Him, um, because that's the that's the wealth of real legacy. To say, man, Jesus has been awesome to me, and I've gotten to give everything He gave to me back to Him." Mm-hmm. And that's the joy, I think, of of walking with Jesus. Um, and so as we wrap up our time, um, I would love to to pray for our listeners. And so if you would open and all close okay. and just praying for them in in their week as they're as they're going, maybe listen to this on a Monday morning or or during their commute this week. Mm-hmm. Dear Father in heaven, I'm grateful that we could come to you. You are our real father, and we're uh, we don't have to wonder who is our daddy. We know because of what Christ did for us on the cross. I pray that as the, our listeners go into this week, that they would be reminded of what we've listened to in, your, in the message from Pastor Brennan, that um, you care, you extend grace to us, and um, you love us infinitely beyond what we can even uh, imagine. So Lord, help us by your spirit to silence those voices of doubt and commit our way to you, trusting that you have a plan, a perfect plan for us in in this day and this coming week. I pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And Lord, we just come before you grateful. Um, come before you grateful of the great grace that we were once enemies, um, but you, by your love and your compassion, have brought us near to walk with you and to know you. And so, Lord, I just ask that for for all those who are listening and getting to to partake of, of just reflecting on your word, Lord, that they'd be encouraged that they um, have been chosen by you, um, Lord, that, that you care for them, Lord, that you see them in the moments of pain and shame that they're in right now, um, and that you're near to them. You're near to the brokenhearted. And Lord, I just ask that if there's anyone who's really struggling with the shame of decisions made by those that affect them now, Lord, I just ask that you would speak truth to those situations, um, that we're not defined permanently by what's been done to us or what we've experienced or what we've seen. Lord, you are able to heal and you are able to minister to every single one of those areas. And so, Jesus, we put our trust in you that you will, that you will heal and you will move and you will you will make something beautiful and renewed out of us. And so we thank you so much for for this time, Lord, for Phyllis. We just ask you to bless her in her in her going home. Um, and Lord, in all the the joyous things she gets to do and loving her her children and loving her grandchildren and serving the church. We're so thankful for for her testimony of faithfulness um, and the kindness uh, that you have instilled in her. So we ask that in your holy and precious name, Jesus. Amen. Friends, thank you so much for joining us for post-sermon reflections. Uh, we can't wait to to catch you next week uh, with another post-sermon reflection. We really appreciate you. And if you are enjoying this, we just ask that you would share it with a friend. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.